the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know that means it's a date day edition with the most beautiful girl in the world sitting here in the studio with me. My wife, Paula, is live in the studio. All you have to do for whatever's on your heart or mind, ladies, especially for you, but not just exclusively you. If you have questions about our faith, questions about something going on in your life, we'll be happy to do our best to answer. 210-340-9585 is the number. That's 340-9585. You can also call toll-free if you're outside the local area at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email a question to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, I say this every day, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, One button, call now, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Well, it's our date day, and this is the date day show. Yes, it is. Welcome to my show, Pastor Ron. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Well, what I was thinking about is how we're nurturing our relationships. And um, I'm just getting right into it, huh? I didn't say hello to the people. I'm shocked you didn't say the women's retreat. That was the second thing I was going to say. The women's retreat is coming. But I think this topic today is going to take up a lot of time. So you ladies all know you're invited to the women's retreat March 7th through the 9th. Um, Contact uh, our church, calvarysa.com. Go on our website. And you can register there. T-shirts have to be um, ordered by February 17th, but the sooner the better. So um, get that taken care of. Our producer just reminded me it's the last day of January. Where did the time go? I have no idea. It was just Christmas. It was just Christmas. And then it was just January 1st, and now it's already February 1st tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. And February only has 28 days, certainly March in a minute. That's exactly right. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. We want Jesus to come quickly, but, man, I don't want 2020 to come quickly. My goodness. So nurturing relationships, Pastor Ron, and last night in your study, you said that our vineyard needs constant care. And I was just thinking, you know, uh, as we nurture our relationship and our hearts are is the vineyard, um, of course, first, daily, you know, making sure we check our hearts. And are we really in the faith, walking with Jesus each and every day? Like you say, you know, um, not, my, not by power, not by might, but by your will. And, you know, the saying that you say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't say it often enough. You do, you do. I'm just thinking about something else that just came to my mind. But um, so our vineyard needs constant care. Well, um, nurturing relationships need constant care as well. First, of course, like I'm saying, our hearts with the Lord's. And then, you know, if you're married, like we are, we have to nurture our relationship. And, um, you know, my word has been reboot. Boy, do I know that. Yes. And it's going to continue being reboot. One lady asked me to come do a retreat for her. And she says, I got to, I get to pick the theme. 
So you know what I did? So reboot. I said reboot. So anyway, for our marriages, remember why you fell in love and stayed together in the first place. And my notes here say, cute and hot only goes so far. But my new name um, from the Lord to you for me is precious. So you're to see me as precious. And for me, it was love at first sight, really, for both of us. Um, but Jesus told me that you are the one for life. Yeah. Let, let me give the, the audience a little background. Go ahead. Where, where you're going with the, the idea of a vineyard. In our study last night, and it's interesting, Paula, how our studies have really been sort of fitting in together. You know, last Friday night, it was uh, the warning in Hebrews chapter 2 against drifting away. And drifting, of course, is so subtle that it's almost imperceptible. You don't even know that you're drifting away. You just find yourself and you can't, uh, you're in a place and you can't find Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and, and things begin to fall apart. Well, our study last night was sort of the end of drifting away. And God, in Isaiah chapter 5, he um, told Isaiah basically to write a little love song, um, a, a broken-hearted love song. Um, to his people said, I planted a vineyard and I gave you everything you needed in that vineyard. And um, um, you've you've taken my vineyard and neglected it. Well, that's what happens when um, we are his vineyard in in the context of that that symbolism. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens is we, we neglect our 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 time with the Lord. We neglect um, the Word of God. Um, we, we get so busy; it's so easy to fall into those traps. Uh, and of course, last night it ended with uh, promises from God of total destruction, irreversible, irrevocable promises of God of complete and utter destruction. And we know historically all of that happened. Mm-hmm. But what I said in our study last night was that template could be set over um, any major empire in the history of the world. They, they, they literally send themselves out of existence. That's what we're doing here in the United States of America. We're sending ourselves out of existence. Now, because it doesn't happen immediately, people get really challenging to the Lord. Oh, yeah, you've been saying on this judgment. That's exactly what happened 3,200 years ago in Israel. And they get to the point where God brings uh, foreign armies, in this case, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, and completely destroys them. And uh, believe it or not, they were caught off guard. They didn't have to be because not not just Isaiah, but prophet after prophet after prophet warned them of this. Well, uh, your, your subject today about nurturing our relationships, uh, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, our relationship with other people, the, mm-hmm. the new relationships that we develop every day, um, those relationships have to be nurtured because if we don't nurture them, if we neglect them, um, we're in real trouble. Uh, uh, in the ancient world, a vineyard was the most valuable thing any any community had. Uh, it provided uh, food to sustain them. It could provide all kinds of cr- crops. But but a vineyard, a field, when it's neglected, just grows weeds and gets rocky, and mm-hmm. and nothing can grow there. And the people end up starving to death. Well, um, I said last night, a lot of us are doing that in our personal lives. Uh, with our relationships rather than nurturing them or neglecting them. Um, our nations have always done it. The United States is doing it now. Uh, and we're going to be judged, and it doesn't have to be so. Now, for Christians, the judgment isn't heaven or hell. We're born again. We're saved. But the, the leanness, the famine that comes in our lives, and that famine is a result of not nurturing the relationship. So exactly now right. that... With that background, they'll understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what you ended up saying, your summary is, we need to reboot. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, so remember. But, but every day. But every day. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe throughout the day because, you know, we get off track so quickly. You know, and like you're saying, um, have you gone 10 minutes, an hour, you know, several hours without even considering Jesus? If you have reboot you know this four o'clock show for maybe a lot of people is a reboot because they've been at work all day and just you know sometimes you forget the presence of the lord because you have the darkness just surrounding you and this is kind of like almost a fresh breath of you know air like you know i get to reconnect with things of god so yeah, but, but think about what you just said you know uh, we 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 
neglect our, our relationship with Jesus when we're in the darkness because it's hard. I know but, what you're going to say. But, but the truth is, in the darkness is when we need Jesus more. <laughs> and that's when we need to fight a little bit harder to stay in the presence of the Lord. Just be with Jesus isn't just a slogan. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a method of living. Yeah. And when you're in a place where things are hard, uh, where the darkness abounds, the one thing that you need is light in that presence. And the, the light only comes from the Lord. So... Uh, what, what we've got to do if we're going to nurture our relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. is we're going to take him to work, talk yeah. to him at work. Lord, um, it's, it's dark here, but you have promised yeah. me that you will never leave me or forsake me. Yeah. And Lord, you know, you if you, know if you, these people, you love them. Lord, help me to look at them with your eyes. Help yeah, me to, and, and if you said, if you said, Lord, it's dark here, you'd say, well, of course, it is. that's why you're here. <laughs> you know, yeah. darkness needs light. And I mm-hmm. assigned you to be the light right now. Yeah. And um, um, if we go a work shift, and we're not talking to the Lord. We're not listening for the Lord. We're not looking for opportunities to, to, to talk to others about him. Mm-hmm. We've forgotten his presence. Mm-hmm. And then we drift away and then we plunge headlong into destruction and, mm-hmm. and consequences and spiritual and emotional famine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I told somebody this week, Paula, that, that when things are really, really painful and you least feel like opening your Bible, or sitting down and talking to the Lord. Well, that's when you need to do it the most. Mm-hmm. And we think just the other, oh, I don't even feel like it because things are so hard. Well, that's when you need, because the enemy is going to be there, like a roaring lion, Peter says, yeah. looking for the opportunity to devour. Yeah. And and it, all this gets back to nurturing our relationships mm-hmm. in our lives, first and foremost with Jesus, but then with one another. Yeah. So, first things first, remember why you fell in love and stayed together. Um, marriages. And marriages now, yes. And I'm just going to use us because that's the marriage I know. I've been married one time, that's it. So, before Christ, I was thinking of, of why I, you know, I mean, you were cute when you first came to my door. Well, I'm not cute now. Uh, you're still cute. Okay. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But, you know, that <laughs> first... A love at first sight kind of thing. And so it, I didn't know you. I just saw you, um, but I didn't know anything about you. But as I got to know you, these, I, I there's other things, but these four stand out. Um, you're a stand-alone guy. You don't need an entourage. You don't need a lot of people around you to build you up to make you, I don't know, feel like you're somebody special. Um, but it's not for me. Why is that? And this, this should be true of everybody. Um, I don't need anybody to make me feel special because Jesus does every day. Yeah, but before Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. This, yes. Yeah, but okay. before Christ. Uh, you still didn't need a lot of people um, to make you feel important. I didn't I didn't see that at all. Um, but uh, as far as before Christ, a standalone guy, this is what the hard thing was. You didn't need me or the kids either. And so... But after Christ, um, you now stand with Jesus. So that's pretty cool. And we stand together. And we do stand together. Second, and I have this written in one of my older Bibles. As you were speaking one time, I just wrote down in my Bible while I was looking at you and and listening to you. I said, this is Mr. Foundational. (laughs) And so you are foundational. You always have been that kind of guy of clearing off the rubble. But before Christ, it was just in business. Um, the companies would hire you to go in and clean up uh, messy car dealerships. And you were always um, just telling the owners, okay, I have our, my people with me that are, they know what to do and they'll train your people how to do it. But right now you kind of need to get out the way. You know, we got to clear off the rubble. But then once you became a Christian, the clearing off the rubble was personal. You were letting the Lord examine your heart, and now you're able to stand and teach others, uh, like me, to do the same. Third thing, you're consistent. Consistent. Before Christ, it was my way, your being yours. <laughs> you know, you even told me, look, Paul, if you want to spend time with me, you better learn how to play golf. <laughs> that was my okay. 
jerk. Okay, I'm gonna learn how to But once you became a Ray Ray fighting home, see, Mama Father called him jerk, called Pastor Mother jerk. Um, but once you became a Christian, you're a one string guitar this way. Just be with Jesus. That's really awesome. You've always been generous. Generous. But before Christ, you were generous with yourself and other people. Um, but since you become a Christian, you're generous. And now, um, I was telling you today, I don't have a want. I, I mean, I don't. Really, I have no needs, and I don't even. I can't even think off the top of my head. Oh, I know what I want, but I, I don't need to sit on the on the radio. <laughs> but I just had to think. Just, oh yeah, just one came up. Um, but you're very generous. So those were the four things that stood out to me of why I fell in love with you and stayed. Um, in love with you all these years other than Jesus told me this is one for life and even though I tried to get away from you several times <laughs> he just made the situations where no you guys are supposed to be together so go on back home alright so the next thing is nurturing nurturing relationships is stop having expectations of changing one another you change according to God's word. And so this was kind of funny because at the marriage um, conference that we just did, you confessed something. You know, as you're up there at the pulpit recently, Pastor Ron, you were starting to confess things, and it's been kind of cute, but you said this. You said, I used to pray, Lord, not even as a Christian. (laughs) You weren't even Christian in praying. Lord, give me the woman of my dreams. And what you confessed was is that, you wanted him to give you a woman who will let you do whatever you wanted to. And affirm it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that, that's, that's where arguments and, and real division begins in marriages. Our, our dissatisfaction with our spouse is always a result of not getting what we want. Mm-hmm. That's what James says. Um, um, what causes fights I, and quarrels I, I, among you? Sure. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, I want to be, I want you to be this way because it makes me feel better, or I want you to want this for me because it's what I want. Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't happen, then we've got this tug of war going on. And instead of nurturing the relationship, instead of dying, you know, he, he who finds his life will lose it. Mm-hmm. He who loses it for my sake will find it. Jesus said. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're we're in this place where we're just staying mad because we didn't get what we want. I, I'm not only did I want you to do what I wanted you to do, mm-hmm. but I wanted you to acknowledge that it was the best thing for you and for me. <laughs> that's affirming. Yeah. And, and, and that's the world that we live in. Yeah. People living in sin, they want us to affirm their sinful lifestyle, and when we don't, they just get mad. Mm-hmm. Well, in a marriage, that's a killer. Yeah. That's a killer. Yeah. And, and you know, you confessed it out loud, but, you know, like you're saying, uh, that's what we all want. We all want to be in in control, even if as we're talking about nurturing our relationship, first, that relationship is with, with Jesus. You know, he's saying, no, I don't want you to do that. We're like, well, tough, tough on you. I'm doing it anyway. You know, so um, the next thing I wanted to is learn to appreciate the differences. Don't, there's no need to compete. We are together to complement one another, to become one. Okay, Pastor Ron. So, you know, because you can do a book report on a book you probably read in third grade today. You have such a memory. And me, it's like, oh, I forgot to open the garage, even though I had started the car. You know? <laughs> what do you always say? When I say, Paula, the garage door. Uh-huh. And now there's carbon monoxide filling now the garage door. And you look at me and say, it's not going to It's get not going to get any better. <laughs> yeah, but I really need to remember that one. But... um yeah, to appreciate the differences, you know, in, in our relationship. Um, of course, you're the, the pastor, and you have a, a different gift. You have the gift to, of teaching and, and pastoring and all that kind of stuff. But me, my gift is, and you have the gift of encouragement, too. Um, you, you yours are just different. You couldn't tell it last night. Last night, was, was <laughs> there was silence like never before. It was like, ooh. It, it, you know, without anybody saying it, it was it was it was hard last night, but it was a good warning. But that's encouraging to say, nurture that relationship. Uh, ask the Lord to help you to walk in obedience so that, like you were, kept saying, these things don't have to happen. Um, and so, yeah, 
nurture the relationship, but um, appreciate the differences and uh, be happy with that. I mean, um, I'm funny, and I know it. <laughs> and I have to work she, on... She said modestly. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> modestly. But I know I'm funny, um, but witty is not always the best thing. But I know I'm funny. You are not funny. Praise the Lord, you know that too. Yeah. And so when you do say something funny, it is funny because you don't even know it's funny. I'm, if people laugh at something I say, I'm like the most surprised person. In the I room. see it every time. It's like, was that funny? Yeah. And then you try it again. <laughs> Crickets. <Yeah. laughs> um, but you're very, very serious. Uh, and then I used to kind of mess that up, especially in counseling. You'd be so serious. It'd be like last night's study was, you know, ooh. And I want to yeah. lighten it up so yeah, you, I can get in the way there sometimes. Over the years, you haven't done many things that, that have irritated me. I've not done anything that irritates you. Well, you used to do it in counseling <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know. It. You just, it would be like, uh-oh, we need to lighten the mood here. And say, no, it's, it, the mood is heavy on purpose. On purpose, People yes. are dealing with life-changing issues. This yeah. is serious. Yeah, yeah. And, and, just because I was uncomfortable. Yeah, you yeah I'm going to heaven already, but I was uncomfortable. <laughs> so, Yeah. So, yeah, that being funny, it, sometimes it can be a curse. But um, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, you love people, and so do I, but we're so different in the way that we do. And that's okay. And uh, just appreciate the differences. Um, you know, with, with men, um, you guys just think differently. Weird, you're weird. Um, We're the weird ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, for the most part, it's the woman that's kind of from the emotional side. It's not always the women, but mostly it's we're kind of the the emotional, nurturing mama kind of type, you know, mama bear kind of stuff. And and you men are just like logical and and this is the way it is, black and white. There's no crying in baseball kind of attitude. Um, But... Appreciate the differences because we make one person. You know, I mean, you're you're a pretty cool guy, Pastor Ron, but you know, you need me. <laughs> you know, let's just say that without you, I wouldn't be invited anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you said something interesting to me today. You talked about um, um, you know the, the saying opposites attract. And you said that's not that's not always true, but 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 often uh, the things that we have in common are attractive as well. Mm-hmm. And and while you and I have some things in common, we're still way more different than that. Yeah. But um, um, you know, nurturing the the balance between the things we have in common and things that we are different in um, uh, actually keeps our love fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I didn't fall in love with you that first moment. I saw you uh, because we were the same. Yeah. And and that, that's uh, an area that needs to be nurtured. We need to, not only as you suggested earlier, to, to remember why we fell in love, but to keep uh, fueling that love and, and nurturing those reasons, mm-hmm. uh, the differences among us, but, but also learn to appreciate the commonalities. Uh, you and I, we've been together so long, it'll be 49 years in March that yeah. we've been together. And um, wow, we can finish each other's sentences. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're thinking. You, you know, I can say, Paula, you okay? I'm fine. No, you're not. Come on. <laughs> so and there's no point in hiding because we know each other yeah, that well. Yeah. But I, try, I don't want to burden you with any more stuff than you already have sometimes when I do that. But that's really kind of lying, huh? If something's wrong, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Confession mo- over the radio. Yeah, especially when you're moping around the house. <laughs> I don't want to burden you, but boy, I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah. Oops, okay, but see, it's, it's important to talk about. And, and one of the things that husbands need to do, and you've just pointed out a deficiency evidently in my life, uh, we need to make sure our wives know that they're never a burden. And And having said that, I hope this makes sense, when the wife is being a burden, she needs to understand that the issue's hers. Mm. Let's talk about things. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons we tell people all the time, if a husband and wife will read the word together, all these things come out. Yeah. All these things come out. Yeah. All I right. think we got about two so, minutes to If I have a burden, you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your job to fix this for me, Pastor Ron. 
Um, but yeah, with friends too, same thing. Not just uh, not just a, a potential spouse, but friends. Commonalities attract, um, and, op- and then opposites attract. You know, commonalities. Um, I have some other friends who are a lot like me, a little crazy on the wild side. Um, not, you know, I mean, kind of ghetto. And they're fun. <laughs> they're fun, you know. Um, and then I have some that are, sometimes I'll say, one of these things doesn't belong here. Or, and or, um, only God would put this group together, you know. But it's that's, so. That's our church. Yeah, that's our church. But that's so fun. Because you get stretched. Um, I told one, one lady, I said, you know what, I really love you, but I would have never picked you to be my friend but i'm so glad jesus did you know because we're so different (laughs) well you can hear the music that means we've run out of time for the first half hour of the program 340-9585 if you have any questions or need any encouragement or comment on what we're talking about i'm going to get serious a little bit at the top of the next half hour but we'll take your phone calls and questions 340-9585 back in two minutes To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show. It's the Day Day Edition program. We'd love to have your input. 340-9585. Just before we went on the air, before the, the producer said, you're live. I, I, you know, I know the announcer, uh, John White, that, that magnificent voice that you hear uh, introducing the program and at the break. And I said, Paula, Paula, look at me, look at me. And she said, what? And I lip synced, welcome back. So when I lip synced, welcome back. So I, I wanted her to know what I would be like if I didn't have a Winnie the Pooh voice. So that is, now that's funny. See, that is funny. He has a great voice. Yeah. Hey, I told you I'm going, to, I'm going to turn this back over to Paula for a minute, but I want to read a, an email that I woke up to this morning. And this is from uh, a man who used to go to our church. He's uh, uh, traveled all over the world in the military. Uh, now he's on the East Coast. Uh, he said, Pastor Ron, I'm sure you've seen the latest abortion movements. Now they're killing these innocent kids literally seconds before they take their first breath and cheering about it. Such depravity. Are you addressing this? I'd really love to hear what you think God wants us to be doing to represent him and stand with these children. I'm really bothered by this. What can I do? Um, the, the one thing, I mean, obviously we pray. Yeah, we pray. <clears throat> obviously we pray, but... Um, what we've got to do in situations like this, and this this really fits right into the study I did last night, um, we have got to be, we who are Christians have got to be light. There's no value in being outraged against abortion if we're living in sin, if we're if we're if there's no joy in our lives. Uh, if we're holding unforgiveness, if we give in to our temper, if we use the language the world lives, nobody's going to listen to you unless you're different. And so uh, I will write this man back and tell him, be a light, be salt. That's what Jesus said we're to do. And then we can impact people one at a time. I can't change the world. Um, what I can do is change individual people that God brings across my path. And it's that important for us to understand that because we live in a time where these kinds of things and other things are are beyond our our ability to ask. Um, just this week, no, no, I talked to the the audience, Paula, um, earlier in the week about the uh, the story in New York. Maybe it was late last week, um, where the governor of New York just signed into into law a bill which allowed um, abortions up to the time of birth. Yeah. And um, the, the you know we think well it's New York and that's just it's, they're they're that far left, um, but the the real issue here is um, there's no concern for for children, uh, and we're we're finding excuses to 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 kill them later and later and later. Uh, now 14 states, Paula, 
are rushing their own bills that are similar to New York's bill, and they're cheering about it. They're, they're bragging. This is what we're doing. Uh, there was a, um, a Virginia um, delegate. Uh, her name is Kathy Tran. Um, and and uh, I heard the the questioning that was being done in the news um, uh, by by some of the pro life um, legislators in Virginia, and he was asking questions. Are you saying that that uh, an abortion then is your bill going to permit an abortion um, on a on a child whose mother is actually dilating? And she tried to backtrack a little bit, and he goes, "No, w- would your bill permit that?" And finally, she said, "Yes." My bill would permit that. It's a woman's right to choose. Now, the very same day, this Virginia, I want to say crazy person, I can't think of any other word, she submitted a a bill that she authored to save the canker worm, a caterpillar, because evidently, because of some pesticide that's being used in Virginia, these canker worms are, are dying. And so she submitted a bill to save the canker worm. One hour, you're killing babies. The next hour, you're saving caterpillars. And, and that makes sense to people in this world. I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. And yet that's the world we're living in. And um, um, in, in the study last night, Paula... We live in a time when people uh, parade their sin through the city streets um, um, behind them with cords of deceit publicly, um, proud of their sin. We live at a time, Isaiah said 3,200 years ago, where people call good evil and evil good. And that's the time that we live in right now. So what we need to do as Christians, it's, it's not to sign petitions. It's not to go out and protest in the street. We need to get serious about our personal walk with Jesus. This is a time for inward reflection. This is a time for us to, to stand and say, Lord, is there any unclean thing in me? And, and, and purge ourselves of that so that we can be the salt and light Jesus left us to be. You know, it's one thing to have an opinion about something, but there's no authority in your voice if you yourself aren't seeking to live a righteous and holy life. And and the world that we live in, Paul, we've lost the, the, the value of walking in holiness and righteousness. Uh, Christians just sort of, because we're drifting away, because... We haven't nurtured our relationship with Jesus. Um, we just take for granted that he's always going to be there. And, hey, after all, I'm going to go to heaven. That's all that matters. Jesus has got to be first in our lives. And if the country continues in the vein that it is, the only thing that's going to help us to stand is the authority from heaven, the power of God, and the power of the word working in and in through our lives. And, and um, we are going to fail miserably being salt and light in this generation. Uh, if, in fact, and we've got kids, we've got grandkids, we're going to fail miserably if we're not concerned with holiness and righteousness. It's time for us to get serious about our walk with Jesus. You know, Pastor, as you're talking, it's just, to me, um, I, don't hardly watch, I don't watch the news that much, but it's the same story, just different faces. People have been killing their babies um, from the beginning of time because of selfishness. We want to, you know, we want to have sex, but we don't want the responsibility that comes with having to take care of a child. I mean, last night you were talking about um, that it was so bad, the famine was so bad in that judgment that the people began eating their own children. You know, and, and you came to the... Because the, because the famine... Was was so severe, mm-hmm. they had nothing left to do but eat their babies. But eat their babies. I mean, who does that? Um, a depraved generation. A depraved generation. Well, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. We're not eating them, but but we're killing them. We've killed more than sixty-five million babies since nineteen seventy-three. That's a generation. Think about where we would be. Our national debt is in the in the, the multiplied trillions. Yeah. I don't have the exact number here, but those people, those murdered children working, contributing to society would wipe out that debt. How many of those children would have been brilliant doctors or preachers 
or evangelists or teachers. Maybe if some of those children had been spared, uh, we wouldn't have nothing but leftists teaching in our university system. And see, we're completely oblivious to it. Well, you know, it's settled law, and it's a woman's right to choose. Um, we, we don't get to impose what we want to do when God has given us standards. Yeah. And uh, our ministry here has never been about abortion. It's not going to be about abortion now. It's going to be about Jesus. But we've got to be serious in our own walk before we can start pointing fingers at those who are doing uh, these, these ungodly things. Um, we, we, we think about um, um, the, the, the children that we've killed. That's, that's I can have sex and have no consequence. Mm-hmm. But, Paula, we, we even up that one uh, with birth control. When birth control became available, it was like, hey, I can sin all I want to, mm-hmm. and there's never going to be a consequence. Yeah. And when we try to, to, to legislate consequences out of our relationship with Jesus Christ, then we fail. Nothing has broken my heart here as much as the few times that Christian mothers and fathers have said to me, well, I wish my daughter wouldn't have sex but I'm putting her on birth control pills in case she does. And, and my response is, you're, 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 you're giving her, her yeah, you're, you're giving her the opportunity to learn to sin without consequence. Yeah. How's that going to work? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a totally selfish thing too, because if that young girl has a baby, usually it's her parents who's taking care of it, but the embarrassment, the shame, all that stuff, instead of saying, don't have sex. Yeah. You know, Paula, we've had, um, girls that sin, girls that really love Jesus, get pregnant and have babies. But the real believer understands it's not one of those things, well, but it was okay because God gave me this beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had women tell us, well, you know, I don't apologize for my sex because, or for having sex. Mm-hmm, because children are a gift from God. Because children are a gift from God. Yeah, yeah. Um, every one of the, the, the girls in our church that have, that have happened to, they have publicly repented and owned their sin, mm-hmm. and those children become a blessing. Yeah. But... Um, we, we've got to stop playing with these kinds of issues if, in fact, we're going to be able to have any voice at all to the world that we live in. Yeah. I don't expect anybody, to uh, any unbeliever, to stop killing children um, when we who are Christians are taking liberties to sin when, in fact, we know it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Abortions, sin, and so is cheating on your wife. Yeah, it's, yeah. He calls in the color blue. There's just different shades of blue. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Okay, but, I hijacked your program. That, no, 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 you did good. <laughs> um, because we need revival. And, you know, I mean, you wanted to go serious, but, and I'm serious, but revival, you know what it means? Reboot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, if we're going to be revived, we have to, you know, we, you know, when we were first saved, man, I was like, Jesus, you are the man. I'm always with you. I don't want to do anything. I didn't even want to clean house or take care of my kids. No, uh, just me and you, Jesus. And then life happens. Busyness comes in. And so it's like, oh, oh, I'm drifting away. Um, I'm at lifeguard station number seven when I started out at number one. How did I get here? Um, And so now it's time to unplug and reboot back with Jesus. And, Lord... I want to stay close. And so in this song, you know, that one of the songs we sing is, Draw me close to you, never let me go. I lay it all down again, again is reboot. Um, but the it is, I lay me down, Lord. My agenda. Um, your vineyard. <laughs> my vineyard, yeah, my your, vineyard. Your, your, your body, you're, you're not your own, you're bought with a price. Mm-hmm. In a marriage, nurturing your relationship, your your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your husband. The husband's body, likewise, belongs to the wife. Yeah, yeah. And when we forget those things, uh, we're drifting, and our our witness is compromised. Mm-hmm. When when the husband is doing his own thing and the wife is doing her own thing, and the two don't come together, I mean, what kind of a marriage is that? Um, we got different bank accounts and different, completely different sets of friends or totally different hobbies. I mean, sometimes even going to different churches. 
Yeah. Christians. Yeah. Sometimes even going to different churches. That's right. Oh, man, I hadn't thought about that one, but that that's that's true. Sad. Um, it goes on, I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. And in John fifteen fourteen, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And nurturing our relationship first with him um, and then with each other, putting others ahead of ourselves, losing our lives, that he would be able to use it for his glory. I mean, you think about it. You know, the Lord says, I want you to pray for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused. And then, of course, I added, and bring some some healthy ones too, Lord, because, you know, we need healthy ones. But, okay, and you keep saying this, Pastor Ron, the Lord brings the people here because he can trust us with them. Um, but also that we need to learn how to take care of the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. You know, one of the great things, Paula, in, in our history, and by the way, if, if anybody has any comments on what we're talking about, 340-9585 is the number to call. Um, starting a, a church from scratch, as we did all those years ago, now almost 24, um, we've made our healthy sheep. Um you know, you get nice people in, but you find out they're deeply flawed, like we all are. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they hear the word, they respond to the word, the spirit begins to work in and through them, and things change. The old is gone and the new has come. Mm-hmm. And because things change, you look at some of those sheep that were sort of mangy and tick infested, and when they came, you thought, oh, Lord, what mm-hmm. are we going to do? I remember... Um, uh, 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 one, one young woman, when she came here, she was young. She's now a grown, beautiful woman of God. But uh, I remember the first time she came and talked to me, all I could think about was, dear God, there won't be enough time for counseling this girl. <laughs> and there won't be enough time. She's now one of my pastor's wives yeah. and one of the most fruitful people yes. in our church. Uh-huh. And, and And see, that's what God does with people who will nurture the relationship, people who will surrender their, their lives mm-hmm. to him. And and we have those stories over and over and over. Uh, I was thinking about my pastoral staff. I, I, you corrected me. Um, I, I said that I think we have six other pastors, so I mean, so we, mm-hmm. we got ten total. We, we got ten total. Uh, and wives. And, and you know, um, every one of them was a mess when they got here. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody walked in and thought I, I could say, Jesus, thank you. Finally, the perfect man and the perfect woman. Uh-huh. N- that that never never happens. Yeah. But but what happens with people that have really messed up as they surrender their heart to the Lord, as they open up to his leading, um, God makes these marvelous, marvelous men and women of God. And we get to watch it happen. So we get to see the power of God. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of those things that that um, we've been so blessed to see his hand move. I love it. Last night you were talking about um, God pleading with his people to do what is right. You know, we know that quite a few people, especially at the beginning, would, would come to Calvary Chapel because, you know, as Sam uh, announces, we don't pass a an offering plate, you know, so people will come here because they, they don't have to give. And so he said, God pleads with his people not to be greedy or covetousness or materialistic. Well, Calvary Chapel, San Antonio has turned into a very generous church. Even though some come and they just want to sit, they don't want to serve, they don't want to give, they just want to come to come to church and be fed and, you know, market, market off there. But sitting and hearing the teaching and watching others set the example They've caught the vision. And so God pleads with his people to do what is right. And we have so many who who came in here, you know, like holding their hands over their pockets. And, you know, all they talk about, every time you go to a church, all they talk about is they want your money. Well, you know, of course, we, we need it, but you keep it if you need it that bad. We're, I, I love so much that we're able to say that with clear conscience. Yeah, we could use it. You could see the carpeting is a mess. You know, we're still in the strip mall in a corner. But we're content. <laughs> I didn't tell me once, Paula, that, that look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big giver. Mm-hmm. And all I want is some input 
in the way things are done here at church. I'm a big giver, and, and if you don't give me that 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 input, uh-huh. you want to be a, a church leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, then then you're going to miss out on the money. I know how badly you need it. Uh-huh. And and I looked him right in the eye and said, Well, we don't need it's it that, that bad. bad. No. Um, uh-huh. When God gives a gift, it's free. Yeah. And it's a blessing. When flesh gives a gift. It wants something it for it. Strings attached. So, so right. keep your money. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you don't have any money, that's a hard thing to do. Oh, I know. But, but it, it's just. Uh, he, he actually said, as he was leaving, he was upset. He said, he said, well, uh, we'll just see how well you do without my money. Yeah, I know. And that was 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's one of my foundational and consistent. So keep it up, Pastor Ron. I love that. Well, we got, we got Jimmy holding on line oh, okay. one. So Jimmy will take your call. Thanks for holding. You're on the air. Well, that's me, what Paula said. I was going to a church than my, than my wife. And, and I was going to y'all's for a while. I still, I still love your church. I like the way you preach. I like your men's retreat. And I love the people that go there, but God has answered the prayers, and me and Martha are really getting along together and and being together. So, well, he's I mean, very concerned with your marriage, so bless your heart for um, nurturing that relationship. Well, it wasn't me. We miss you, though. We miss you. I mean, I miss y'all too, <laughs> and, uh, but um, yeah, it's just me and Martha at home alone. And, you know, we, we're getting along. We, we things are coming along just fine. Good, okay, good, good. We don't yeah. argue. And the Lord mm-hmm. answered the prayer, so, and He nurturing, He fixed the marriage and all that. So good, Jimmy. We've been praying for you. That's an answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting us know. God bless, man. So can I still go to the men's retreat if I don't if I don't attend there normally? No. Of course. Of, of <laughs> course you wrong, can. <laughs> of course you can, Jimmy. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I'm just still, messing with you. You're still our family. Of course you can come. Okay, yeah, I love that. Anytime. Anytime, baby. God bless you, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, I'm glad you mentioned something. I'm glad you mentioned something because in nurturing our relationships, especially the marriage thing, Jimmy and his wife are at the empty nest. And a whole lot of people, because they haven't taken the time to nurture their relationship when their kids were at home, they don't know what to do with each other when all the activity and the noise from their kids is gone. And so that's why it's really important to nurture that relationship, of course, First with God and then with each other. That should be the main relationship. Your kids should be so confident um, in your marriage when they leave home that they didn't leave home because you weren't confident in your marriage, if you if that makes sense. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Paula, we, we, we're, we're just a little bit over two minutes now, so you've got two minutes to say all the important things that <laughs> we haven't let you say today. Oh, no, I've been saying all my important things I want. But, um, and then, you know, we, we who are Christians, um, nurturing our relationship with Jesus, uh, we need to be in the Word so much more so that when those who come along and say stuff like the Bible, it's so old-fashioned, you know, maybe we could say like you, yeah, but that's okay. God is old, and he, he never changes. And, you know, there's been so many times when, you you know this, when you could look at somebody and say, you know what I'm saying is true. You don't want it to be true, but you really down deep inside know that what I'm saying is true. And, you know, maybe you're the party type. You are miserable and you know it. And partiers came up in our study last uh-huh. night. God said, woe to those who yeah. live a party lifestyle. Yeah. You know, Paula, when um, we choose to walk away from Jesus, um, we know the misery quotient is high. And yet we'd rather do what we do and suffer the con- what we want to do and suffer the consequences. I think we just got to get to the point, especially in these last days, where we don't we realize we don't have a choice in the matter. God is the authority. We're not. He says what to do. We do it. And that's the basis of our relationship. And if we don't get that, 
um, what I've said a couple of times in the program today is the church is going to lose any voice it has at all to speak to the issues yeah. uh, in our culture. Yeah. It's Again, it's easy to be outraged about these abortion bills. But Christians need to be outraged at their own sin. Why did our world get to this place? How did the church... Where, where we, the church is compromised. We itself. abdicated our position yep. of influence. Yep, exactly. So, so, it's sad. Yep. And you said last night, God whistles for his enemies to judge, and judgment begins first at the house of God. And so what you're saying is, we need revival to reboot and get back on the bandwagon as excited as we were like when we first got married to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had just enough time to talk about the women's retreat one more time? Okay. It is March 7th through the 9th. Um, it's, that's Thursday evening, all day Friday, and we'll be finished at noon on Saturday. Um, Calvary Chapel or calvarysa.com. You can register there and order your T-shirts. And ladies who are senior in high school up until... Um, are more than welcome to, to attend. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, Texas. Beautiful Paula's been live in studio with me. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.